This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, uh, estimates by the Penn Wharton budget model back in December figured that consumers had to spend an additional $3,500 to try and reach the same level of spending for goods that they had been pre-pandemic. But of course, the story around inflation has only gotten worse in the last couple of months, and it's going to take some time for the impact of interest rate increases by the Federal Reserve to really take hold. But how much will that mean, again, for consumers this year? Alex Arnon, Associate Director of Policy Analysis with the Penn Wharton Budget Model, joins us with more on this. Alex, great to talk to you again. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So those numbers back in December, obviously I think for a lot of people uh, that really catches uh, their attention, especially when you factor in there's there's a level of unevenness in, in the spending uh, across the different you know kind of financial groups of people. Those on the lower income spectrum, it's obviously more of an impact in comparison to those on the higher income spectrum. Yeah, that's right. I you know there's this uh, definite uh, relationship between how hard you're getting hit by inflation and uh, household income. Uh, you know, it's not uh, perfectly smooth, but definitely we see that the people getting uh, hard, hit hardest here are lower income and working households. So off of that number that you guys provided back in December, uh, not that you've you know calculated it out, but seemingly we're talking about this being a situation that at least right now is getting worse, not better at this point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, that the, the calculation we did in December, that included data through November. We now have additional data through January. And, you know, I think uh, un- unlike what many people expected, we've seen continued increases in uh, inflation through the year. And we've also seen a change in the character of inflation that I, I think, you know, has, uh, has many people concerned compared to what we were seeing earlier in 2021. So for the Americans who had maybe gotten a pay raise during the last pandemic because of the uh, during the pandemic because of the great resignation, inflation has eaten up a good bit of that at times. Yes, yeah, so we actually in some some more recent work we're finding, you know, that it's a, it's a very significant hit compared to the wage increases at the lower end. So even though we have seen some very rapid growth in wages for low-wage workers, you know, really for the first time in decades, uh, we've seen it's been a very long time since we've seen wages growing this fast at the bottom. But uh, what we find is that despite that very rapid wage growth, the increases in the cost of living are you know, eating up all of those gains for most households through the middle income uh, it, but at the for the very lowest income households, it's doing a lot more than just eating up those wage gains. It's you know, the, the increase in the cost of living is more than offsetting uh, the increase in income that they got thanks to this rapid wage growth. How much concern then potentially is there on the impact we might see in 2022? Thinking about you know some of the options that people would want to buy, and I'll just use the grocery store as the example. We all know we we've seen the price of milk increase, the price of beef increase, other products as well. This may very well change some of the patterns in terms of things that people buy uh, at the grocery store, especially on the lower end of of the financial spectrum. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen some pretty remarkable increases in food prices uh, in January in particular. You know, for, for a number of items, uh, you know, we saw the fastest price increases in, you know, since we started keeping data. Um, so we definitely, you know, we've already seen some shifts in what people are buying. We expect to continue to see that. You know, this, it is, these responses from households, they do, you know, offset some of the impact of inflation because households are shifting to less expensive goods. But uh, that is definitely, you know, leaving them worse off because they can no longer afford the things they would really like to buy. One of the other areas you have focused in uh, on the report in, in December is around shelter, which I, I guess that would include, you know, the increase that we're we're seeing in rents and and the potential impact that, you know, some people may feel if they have a variable rate mortgage, the amount of money that they might be paying on that mortgage here uh, in the future as well. Yeah, so that's probably one of the biggest inflation risks going into 2022. You know, so far, despite really, really rapid growth in rents uh, from you know, from new rentals, we haven't really seen that pass through uh, to the headline inflation numbers so much. Um, but that is probably going to change this year. And, you know, we expect to see uh, at least a couple of, you know, one to two percentage points added to inflation over the next year just from the rise in shelter costs. And the other side to it is probably energy as well. When you think about the rise in the in the cost of uh, in the price of oil, which obviously has a trickle down effect on uh, gasoline prices at the pump, but then you also have to look at things like natural gas and, and and electricity as well. These are all things that are going up and hitting our pocketbooks. Yeah, and if we're thinking for thinking about the last year, what we've just experienced the surge, the really astronomical surge in energy prices is you know, probably the single most important story. There's, you know, there's obviously met a lot of stuff going on, um, but, you know, uh, energy prices are up 50, 60 percent, uh, and that has hit households across the distribution. But that is really something that does hammer the lowest income households most just because, you know, uh, the higher income households, the, your energy costs sort of hit a, a maximum and stop going up, it's not like you, you heat your house extra. Um but yeah, so that's a big factor behind the divergence and the very rapid inflation we saw in 2021. I think there's some reason for optimism on energy prices going forward, uh, but we will have to see. So th- that kind of leads me into my next question is that are there any of these sectors or, or pieces uh, historically that would have the opportunity that if we see the impact from the rate increases, we hope, that we start to see a relatively quick pullback on the pricing of some of these items, gasoline maybe being uh, being one that uh, a lot of people would factor on. Yeah, so I think, you know, we can reasonably hope that, uh, you know, what matters for inflation is not the level of gas prices or oil prices, it's how quickly they're going up. So, you know, we've seen a huge increase over the last year, really the last six months. Um, but it hopefully, you know, even if they remain high, uh, they will stop rising so quickly. And so that you know, should eliminate most of the, the inflation push, even though that is not, you know, it doesn't help households. They still have to pay those high prices. They just won't see those costs rising as quickly. So as the Fed begins to hike interest rates, most likely next month, what's going to be the impact on a lot of these data points? And, and, and how will people see that? 
So that's obviously very, very tough to say. You know, we are still in a truly – the term unprecedented gets overused in, in economics, but we really are now post-pandemic in a, an unprecedented scenario. We've never had a recovery quite like this. So it's very difficult to say what's going to happen as we see you know, monetary policy start to push against some of the, the demand we've seen. Uh, you know, hopefully what we will see is a relatively smooth transition away from, you know, uh, the you know the huge surge in goods purchases that we've seen, um, and we'll see that sort of some of that spending start to go back into services, where you know, prices have not risen as much. They have started rising more recently, um, and you know a, a huge surge in spending in services is going to be just as bad for inflation. Um, but ideally, you know what we want to see is sort of the demand growth gradually taper, taper down. Um, and then a shift back to a more normal consumption pattern across the economy. So that would mean, you know, less spending on goods, uh, especially durable goods like you know, appliances and, and furniture, um, and more spending on services, people going back to restaurants and more of that sort of thing. Is there a side to this inflationary story that also we will see an impact in and around the labor force, thinking, you know, we've had so many people, even though we've we've brought so many people back into the labor force, you still have a lot of people out there that either don't have a job or they decided that they were going to, quote, unquote, retire, that the, some of those people might come back. Is there an element that you link there as well? So, you know, I think these are uh, – there's obviously a very close connection between the labor market and inflation. You know, it is the huge surge in uh, – in, in wages has been a big contributor to allowing people to spend, you know, to do all the spending that is driving the inflation, um, you know, and, and the way that the Fed would effectively try and tamp down inflation is by slowing the labor market, by you know, effectively uh, reducing growth in incomes. Uh, so there's obviously a very close connection. Uh, but, you know, hopefully uh, if, if the Fed can, can do it right, what we should see is the labor market sort of continue grinding on the recovery. Uh, you know, there's no reason that that shouldn't be possible, even as we see spending start to come down and, you know, we move away from the, the very, you know, the, the exceptional levels of spending growth and the exceptional spending shifts that we saw in 2020 and 2021. All right, Alex, great to talk to you again. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Alex Arnon, who's Associate Director of Policy Analysis with the Penn Wharton Budget Model. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.